Hey, it's a lack of warm welcome to you, the listener and the viewer out there, to another uh, technically orientated uh, edition or episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper, your host, and my co-host, Mr. Richard Bailey. Richard, a warm welcome to you too. Yeah, how are you, Willem? It's been, uh, I wouldn't say a long time. We speak often, but uh, it's been about a month, eh? Yeah, we've done, it has. Since we've done one of these, so yeah, it's it's, it's been a while, I suppose. In that sense, it's, uh, yeah, where there's a lot warmer here, but... And the previous one was was sort of similar to what we're doing today. It takes on a slightly different approach and a different structure than what we usually do, Richard, because... We refer to these, the, this episode and the, and the one just before this that we did, we refer to them as case studies. Um, and I know that in the previous one, the previous case study, we looked at those trusses in the roof that were sawn away or <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to, to make space for the, for the outlet pipe, <laughs> the overflow outlet pipe of a geezer. Are you, still, are you still chuckling about that one? Eh? I, it's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, if if we if if that was on uh, uh, Steve Brown of our ops's uh, uh, the grumpy plum uh, the grumpy plumber webinar or whatever, hey, imagine that. <laughs> imagine the language that would have come out there. <laughs> yeah. But we're doing a similar thing today, Richard. We're talking about uh, a, a case study, specifically a case, uh, something that you came across uh, regarding a safety valve. Um, and we're looking at a safety valve and also the importance of a safety valve, uh, for that matter, in this episode. Uh, yeah, Willem, so, um, the, you know, it, it, I know that this is supposed to be a case study, so to speak. So a particular installation that, you know, we looked at that, that uh, we ex- explore and open up and flesh out here. But I, I and, and so in, in a sense it is. But it isn't. It isn't. It didn't. Doesn't pertain to only one installation. There are two um, videos that I am going to show, which are two separate installations, but uh, exactly the same outcome. And uh, one can only speculate as to the cause of both of these. But the there are only so many things that can go wrong with a geezer to that extent. And so, in conjunction with looking at the the actual um, cases that we're talking about, I thought we'd just touch on, and I know it's been done to death, what a safety valve is, what it, why it's important, and, and how tampering with it can cause something like this to occur. Listen, Munir, I'm looking forward to, to hearing all about that and seeing the video clips that you have for us, some of the pictures that you want to show us, Richard. But what I think we must do quickly to our listeners and our viewers, uh, let's cross over to a quick ad uh, or advertisement for that matter. Please don't go away. Have a look at them. Stay tuned for them. They are for your interest and your benefit. Richard and I will be back right after these. My bro, this CPT of this is a complete waste of my time. I know this thing very well. It's in my blood. I pride myself in this. I don't need help from a bunch of paper pushers pushers. while I'm doing the real work. Are you someone who thinks it can never happen to me? Are you someone who does not consider the long-term effects of not being willing to learn more? 
CPD is not in place as a burden to the plumber, but rather as a mechanism to ensure that you remain up to date and current with new material, products, standards, and of course, ways of doing installation. In addition, the CPD Rewards Program's intent is to ensure that you receive great rewards while in pursuit of becoming a better version of you for the benefit of yourself and that of your customers. So here's how it works. Depending on your level of tiers, whether you are blue, bronze, silver, gold or diamond, you stand a chance in being rewarded with discounts on COCs, Proud Plumber t-shirts, your annual renewal, and of course, various other prizes. Welcome back to this uh, technically orientated episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper, and Richard Bailey. And now, just before we went into the ad break, Richard and I said that today we're going to, it's going to be sort of a case study about something that Richard came across and it's also just going to be very informative uh, in a technical capacity talking about uh, a safety valve and, and the, you know the importance thereof but before we get into the importance there of Richard just let's just clarify and properly define what a safety belt uh, or <laughs> a safety belt what a safety valve is <laughs> so yeah um, look, we, we commonly com refer to it as a TP valve. Uh, that's just a, a short version of a, an, a, an a, acronym, I suppose, for, for its uh, longer name, which is Temperature and Pressure Emergency Relief Valve. Um, so just to, to for those uh, that aren't plumbers, I know that all plumbers know what this is, so just ignore the next 15 seconds. But for those that don't know, it is the last line of defense on a, on a geezer, a pressurized cylinder. And it, um, so it's got two functions and the, the hint is in the name, a temperature and pressure. So it, for, for temperature safeguarding, it has got a thermal probe, which sits in the body of the water of the geyser. It, it, it penetrates into the actual geyser water itself. And it's got, um, I'll show you a picture or two. It's got a, a, a very, very specific kind of a wax and then on top of that wax, within a copper sheath and that wax is it it has got a very very specific uh, uh coefficient of expansion and it's and and it at a certain temperature it it expands by a certain amount moving a rod which then opens the valve so what it does it it will sense um temperatures up to uh within a range within a preset range and and then past a threshold it will allow a lot of water to expel out of the geyser and in so doing bringing the temperature of the geyser down because at uh, some point when the, when the temperature of the water in the cylinder has cooled sufficiently that wax will then again shrink bringing the plunger down and closing the valve so that usually opens up at around 98 between 95 and uh, 98 degrees celsius so just before the boiling point of water and uh, so that's the temperature um, safeguarding uh, 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 part of what the valve does. As for pressure, 
in a separate mechanism, same same plunger, so to speak, the same valve actually that is sitting on the seat. It simply has a spring above it. Uh, so the plunger from a temperature perspective was below and remember it was pushing that valve upwards. We also have water from the geyser also trying to push that valve upwards, but on top of that valve there's a spring and it is preset at a preset tension and it would discharge, start to discharge water if overpressurized to a factor of 150% or 1.5 times the rated pressure of the geyser. Sure. So for example, if you had a geyser which is 100 kPa rated, your TP valve would be a 100 kPa TP valve, but the opening pressure of it would be closer to 150 kPa, sure. if that makes sense. So for a 600 kPa geyser, you've got a 600 kPa TP valve, which marked 600 kPa, rated 600 kPa, but it actually will only open closer to 900 kPa, yes. 150%. So from a pressure perspective, it's 150% of the rated pressure of the geyser. And from a temperature perspective, they're all pretty much close to 95, 98 degrees Celsius. And these valves will then open up and allow the uh, excess pressure or temperature to be expelled from, from the geyser. So that's basically what it is. You know, listen, it, it, <laughs> I know that that plumbers already know this, um, and I and I think that um, to an extent that some consumers may may now have a slight grasp better than what they had before after that explanation of of its function and what it does, um, and and how it functions. You you explained pretty well, you know, the the little spring at the top and the uh, the little probe that goes into the tank itself, and 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 when at which times it it they are activated um, to perform its tasks. Um, Richard, have you got any uh, pics that maybe you want to show, show us or share with us that you've got a, maybe a slideshow that you've got to share with us that we can share with us? I'd just like to show you two slides which, which, which have uh, basically a TP valve cut in half or a section of TP valve and you can see how it works. Okay. All right. So we're going to give you an opportunity to quickly share your screen and then, um, yeah, let's see what you've got first. So, Willem, as you can see, uh, this is a, a very nice little uh, representation or a show and tell, if you like, of what goes on inside of a, of a TP valve. And you can see that probe has, a, it, it's not just wax, it's a, it's a proprietary uh, substance, but it's similar and it resembles wax, but it, it's a very, very specific uh, substance that is there. And you can see the little uh, rod that it pushes against with a plunger. And in the right-hand pick over there, you can see that that plunger, when it lifts up, it's going to open that, that little seat or that little valve that is sitting on the seat there. And uh, as I said, that would be for the temperature uh, uh, sort of reading or, or probing or uh, and the opening. But for the pressure, it's a pure spring-loaded mechanism. And you can see that quite a sturdy spring on top of that TP valve there. And it's a simple matter of if the pressure inside the geyser overcomes the, the, the pressure of that spring, the water will leak out. And uh, so it's as simple as that. This is a, the, the next slide is just a, a, a drawing of the two states of, a, of discharge from a, from a TP valve. So on the left, you can see 
it is opening because of too much pressure. And you can see what's happening there. You know, guys can pause this and, and I'm not going to harp too much. This isn't a technical lesson on how TP valve works. But you will see that the probe from the temperature point of view, view is not touching the 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 washer. Yeah. It, it's away from it. It's pure pressure from the water lifting that, that valve. And on the right-hand side, that's when the temperature probe comes into play. And you can have almost zero pressure or just 5 kPa of pressure in the geyser. But you've, if it's too hot, that temperature probe will open up and lift that plunger in the same way uh, to discharge it. Sure. So, yeah. So that's it's a nice little drawing just to sort of visualize how to how these things actually work. I think, Richard, for, for those who are only listening to the uh, the audio version of this podcast podcast or this episode, um, I think we can we can share those uh, images with them. They can just call the PRB to maybe send them an email of those two slides that you just showed to us so they can also see that. Um, it's, it's, always, it's always interesting, Richard. You know, it's, uh, one can learn, and, and you and I have had this conversation many times before, one can learn uh, like a parrot that this thing is fitted here um, and it's called this. But it's another thing to understand how it works and what it does and the reason why it is installed in a specific way and the reason why the functions, the functionality of it on the inside works in a specific way. Um, so I think it'll be very interesting for you, though, those who, who, who were only listening or are only listening to, to also see what you, what you showed to them on the picture. Um, Richard, I want to ask you quickly, um, why is safety valves or TP valves, why are they necessary in the first place? We, we spoke about their function. Why, why are they so sort of, let's say the importance rather, the, necess the necessity to have it in the first place? Well, you, we, we spoke about temperature and pressure. Now, those two things are regulated by other means in a, in a geyser, a normal geyser, namely from a, from a temperature perspective, the thermostat, would regulate the uh, uh, temperature of the geyser, so it's a it's a it's a mechanism by which it'll switch power on when the water cools down to a certain threshold and uh, heat it up to to another threshold, and then switch off electricity to the geyser in simplistic terms. So that's a control device. So one one the question is quite valid: Why do you need a TP valve? The other thing is pressure. You've got a pressure release, a pressure reducing valve on the incoming side of your cold water into the geyser. And simplistically, high pressure for it, it reduces the pressure and feeds it at a preset pressure. So we've got a thermostat and we've got a pressure, uh, uh, pressure reducing valve doing those two functions. But they break. They are fallible things. They malfunction. And we mustn't forget that we've got a We've got a, a pressurized sealed container with a heat source mm -hmm. in, our, in our ceiling. Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong, and it's not if, it's when, because things break. A, a thermostat is a 200 rand piece of, uh, or 250 rand piece of, uh, piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. They make tens of thousands of them at a time. They're not perfect, you know. You might get one that sticks. It's simple. It, it, it happens. So the TP valve 
is there as the last line of defense. It's it's there to take care of uh, 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 emergencies should the 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 prior or the primary mechanisms fail. So it is an absolutely essential part to get right in terms. It's such a simple thing, Willem. It's such a simple thing. It's a little of this size. You screw it in and it's done. But it's but it can cause such devastation if it's not understood and installed correctly. Yeah, first thing that comes to my mind, Richard, is an exploding geyser. It's like a sitting time bomb in there if not if not if things aren't done correctly. Richard, I want to find out more. Uh, we are going to go to a quick ad break for our listeners and our viewers. Please do stay tuned. These ads are for your benefit and your interest. Richard and I will be back right after this. Are you having questions about the Plumbing Industry Registration Board and the plumbing industry in South Africa? Well, then join us on the couch and in conversation with the industry experts to answer all your lingering questions about the plumbing industry. The PIRB remains committed to ensuring open and consistent communication within the plumbing industry. So, be part of the conversation. Send us your questions on email at communications at prrb.co.za or on WhatsApp on 079-833-6930. Become a part of the conversation today. Hashtag on the couch. Hashtag PIRB. Welcome back to this technically orientated episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper and Richard Bailey. In this episode, we are still busy discussing uh, 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 TP valves or for a lack of better terms, a safety valve. And before we went into the ad break, we spoke about the workings of it, what it does, its functionality, how it functions in the inside. Uh, how it is built and constructed on the inside, the purpose and the role that it fulfills. Um, and Richard mentioned that being so such a small thing, it carries such a great, great importance in that complete geyser system. Uh, one of the things that said that, uh, you know, uh, a geyser is a pressurized vessel or a pressure vessel. And, you know, if you get that last resort of safety incorrect, you know, that can turn, uh, that can turn bad. And I said to myself, you know, the, 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 or I said to Richard, it reminds me of uh, a, a geezer exploding. Now, Richard, uh, you know, we all, we've, we've watched Mythbusters is one of my favorite shows to watch. And we've seen some things like geezers exploding and those kind of things on Mythbusters. But that can easily be fabricated. I mean, is that something real? Is that something that can, is that a real thing that can happen? A geezer that explodes like a bomb? Um, the, the, what the Mythbusters did uh, is they replicated real-life scenarios. So they, they assumed certain things. Though, so they purposefully shut off or removed the safety valve and they purposely made the whole thing go pear-shaped. And you'd be surprised how often we come across um, geezers. And you can see this picture that uh, is, is on the screen, which is the of on the right-hand side of that geezer. You can see the higher one. It's, it's in the wrong position. The geezer's rotated incorrectly. 
Um, but in any event, had that safety valve been left to its own devices, it, it's, it at least would have done some good in trying to prevent prevent a catastrophe. But as it is there, you'll see there's just a piece of pipe and it's connected directly to a vacuum breaker, which is effectively a stop end. So what you've done, you've you've blocked the access to that, uh, you've blocked that, that safety valve completely. So if something were to go wrong, you've blocked it off and it, it simply can't, it will want to open, but it can't. Um, I can show you dozens of, of pictures like this. Here's another one. It uh, is a safety valve which is connected to a piece of plastic pipe which will melt anyway. It then goes into a smaller uh, rubber because those flexible those flexible connectors you can see there uh, are, are on the outside they've got braided steel, but on the inside it's a little rubber tube, and it cannot handle either the flow rate or the pressure. And it is then joined to a, a, another smaller pipe, so that allows some water out, um, but it but it certainly won't do the job. And in this one, one of my favourites, uh, it's just been installed as a plug, and um, I don't even know what to tell you about it. This is not made <laughs> the, up. The probe <laughs> isn't that probe supposed to go into the geyser? Part where, where it goes into the water. Now the pro that thing is installed as a as a as an ornament, just for for aesthetic uh, appeal. <laughs> yeah, that's for the garden birds to come and perch on. <laughs> yes, like so. No, th this is not made up. This is this is real pictures from 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 plumbing installations out there. So, uh, Willem, we I I I know what you are. What you, when you ask about how realistic is that Mythbusters clip? And the, the answer is right there. This is what is experienced on the outside and on the outside. I've only got those three pictures. I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of pictures. This is what we're dealing with. It's as simple as that to this is now a bomb. Just something like that creates a bomb. Okay. So, yeah. You know what? Um, it's, it's, it's always, again, it boils down to the fact that. Uh, there's a reason why things have to be done in a specific way. Um, there's a reason for standards that exist. Uh, in one of our episodes, you and I said that um, there's only one condition according to, or, or that allows plumbers to actually install geysers and work with geysers because geysers uh, are, are pressurized vessels, pressure vessels. Um, I mean, they were excluded from, from working. Only engineers are supposed to work with pressure vessels. But there was, a, there was an exception made for, for plumbers because they have to install geysers and hot water heaters. Um, and, and that was on condition only if the installation complies with the requirements of SANS 10254 and if the geyser itself is manufactured in compliance with SANS 151. Is that correct, Richard? 100% right. I'm impressed. And, and, and <laughs> as a layman, hey. <laughs> but the fact is, there's a reason why those standards exist. And there's a reason why plumbers have to do installations and use products that comply with those standards. Because if they don't, it looked like that. It looks like the pictures that you shared with us. Okay, but let me, yeah, no, you, you're 100% right. Uh, the, the, you know, as I said, I only show, showed three pictures. 
but but this is something we come across hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times uh, across the country. Plumbers, plumber, every single plumber listening to this will attest to the fact that they've come across something like that. So we're not talking about isolated incidents. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is it is across the board. There have been dozens of geysers that have exploded and caused tremendous damage, in some cases, loss of life. Remember, the video I'm about to show you is from a geyser, two geysers that exploded in two separate occasions. But you also just get ruptured geysers. We call it burst. It's just a term we use, but it can just be a leaking geyser. And it can be very, very hot water at high flow rates coming through your ceiling and 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 really doing some damage. That is not the water to us. Geyser it on plot. Die stukke van die geyser wat oor is. Trust, you can't believe a geezer can do this. <laughs> it's a bomb, my man. And then just have a look at this next one as well. Okay, the one, They get, they see that they get only on this one. Hierso is die geyserse buite cover en daar is die kopergeyserse tank wat oor is van hom. Kijk hoe daar hierdie dak moet I, I, I tell you now, the first thing that I see is, you know, it's unreal to think that it does that to a brick wall. I mean, in that first video clip, besides shooting the ceiling and, and, and the zinc of the roof and tiles of the roof away, uh, look at what it did to that brick wall, brick and mortar. Uh, that's, if, if it can do that to a brick wall and to that roof and things like that, the first thing that pops to my mind, I always say this, I always say this. I have a, a six-year-old daughter. Imagine my six-year-old daughter was in that kitchen or in that, in that room when that geezer exploded. That's, that's a loss of life right there. 100%. That's all because either there was, by the sounds of it, you know, it's, it's, it's either because of, uh, I mean... 
the quality of the product, uh, a dysfunctional product, alternatively an incorrect installation. Tell us how this happens. It's 99.9% an installation story. For that, that doesn't happen just because there's a faulty product. There are safeguards in place. For to if, for example, it's a weak geezer, it will just simply start to leak control in a controlled leak, and it will it will be replaced with no damage. That's an explosion, and that occurs when when the safety valve is compromised. Now, another another interesting thing to note is in that first clip, uh, the, at least sorry, the second clip. In fact, I think both clips you'll see parts of the actual geezer, and the geezer in both cases is copper geezers. And about 90% of copper geysers are 100 or 200 kph, what we call semi-pressure geysers. They're not high-pressure geysers. And so we're not even talking excessive pressures here. That's a, that's a, that's a temperature scenario. It's a flash boil scenario. And it's because the safety valve has been compromised, plugged off or not installed correctly or damaged or whatever the case may be. It's uh, it's scary, and it's not. I mean, you could hear the language. It's both both of them are, are South African, and it's not. It's this is not unique. It's not unique. <laughs> you know, it, uh, and 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 hence the fact that plumbers and and the consumers out there. You know, if there are consumers watching these uh, videos, Richard, um, that's why it is so recommended and advisable to use a properly qualified plumber. Um, so much the better when you're using one that's registered with a professional body, a professional industry body, who, who actually uh, puts in effort to see that plumbers work according to, to the requirements of standards. Just bringing it back to that standard and the risks associated with this is the perfect example of risks associated with plumbing work done incorrectly. 100%. Yeah. And and I, I can show you lots more. These are the anyway. We've said enough. We've shown enough. I think we've made the point. It's not unique, and it's a scary. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. Every single home has got one. Every single home has got one of these potential bombs. And, and it boils. It boils down to the plumbers taking that responsibility. Um, for, for, for their work and doing their work correctly, Richard. The fact is, they've got a decision. You, you always reiterate the fact that it's a choice and a decision. Sometimes you get into situations where nicks and crooks don't allow you to make things compliant. But something like a TP valve? I mean, <laughs> come on. And there's no excuse for not making that compliant. 100%. Uh, you know, it's... Uh... We've, we've flogged this horse to death. And uh, <laughs> the amazing thing is, uh, look, I know, let's, 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 not, let's be realistic, uh, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with this vodcast and, and some of the tech talks and the, and the tech, uh, vod, uh, tech casts and so on, you know, we're not reaching millions of people. It's, it hasn't got a massive coverage. So we're not, it, when we say, yeah, uh, we've, we've shown this a thousand times and, and it seems like things aren't changing. Well, people haven't, you know, we're not, uh, a, a big broadcasting corporation you know we 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 appeal to a very niche audience so we don't get uh the 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 coverage but those i think that do see this um it 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 must make some sort of an impact on your decision making going forward especially when it comes to geezers 
if you're a homeowner or if you're a consumer. And, um, you know, hopefully also just brings to light the importance of qualifica- qualifications and qualified plumbers and competence uh amongst a tradesperson you know and 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 so yeah we we keep we keep doing it we just got to keep doing it and we'll do it for years to come the 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 other thing that i keep on thinking now is is even (coughs) you know sometimes you you find that that plumbers would drop off the the um a, a team um and they would then leave to go and drop off or check up on the other site or whatever the case may be but Bringing back to one of the previous podcasts that we did together, we spoke about the importance of proper or adequate supervision. Can you remember that conversation we had? And this is where this is where that steps in as well. I mean, if it is uh, that the 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 supervisor has the 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 license to sign off a certificate of compliance, right? Then when he goes back to check on on what work was done by his plumbers. He should properly supervise, he should properly inspect, and he should make sure that these kind of things are installed correctly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, one can point the fingers 10, 10 ways, you know, and uh, it was because of this, because of that, because of that. The bottom line for me, it's the, the bottom line is this, that we must acknowledge that geezers are dangerous things, and we must acknowledge that they need to be done properly. Whatever that means, in terms of implication for decision, whatever we can, there's now uh, 150,000 things we can look at, but they've got to be done properly and they've got to be done by qualified people. Yeah. And the only way to ensure that, and let's go back, we, we, we harping again is a COC, a certificate of compliance where a guy's issued it, he's now taken responsibility and there's accountability. There's, a, there's an yeah. auditor like me and 45 others in the country that go around to check that the thing has actually been done properly because you'll find a certificate's been signed, but it's not done properly. Yeah. So that is how to do it. That is the, that's the answer. It's not a, it's not a nice to have pie in the sky. I'm never going to reach a dream. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And this is the result of it not having happened. Richard, I, I liked how you used both those two words. We are drawing to a close of this episode, but I just want to chip in here quickly. Just with this explanation, there's a difference between responsibility and accountability, right? It's your responsibility to make sure that that work is done correctly and according to the requirements of standard um, so that the risks are alleviated. And should something go wrong because it was not, because you didn't fulfill your responsibility properly, should something go wrong? And let's say, for, for instance, there's a loss of life then you're accountable. Then the accountability for that loss of life is on you because of the decision you made not to, prob- not to adequately supervise or not to check properly before you sign it off or whatever the case may be. That's accountability. And, and I wouldn't want to be accountable for, for somebody's life that was lost because of a, an incorrect installation. Well, you, need, you and me both, Philip. I, I think there's a lot to be to be said in in this case, and and, and um, you know, off air, you and I often chat about these kind of incidents and these kind of cases that we've looked at today. 
I think there's a lot more of these conversations that are going to come in the future on these kind of podcasts and technical conversations that we have, Richard. But for now, we've run out of time for this specific episode. Again, I want to thank you for sharing the example with us um, and, and talking about the specific cases. Um, so, yeah, always, always a pleasure to have you on the show, Richard. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Willem. It's, uh, it is a, always a pleasure to be here. And it's a nice platform for us to be able to showcase these things. Uh, so, so, all good, man. Thank you. Absolutely. To our listeners and our viewers, that concludes the conversation between Richard and myself. However, don't go away yet because we're going to cross over to some industry announcements. So do stay tuned for that. Other than that, it's a, it's a wrap for Richard and I. We'll see you in the next one. An important notice for the upcoming festive season and holidays. From the 18th to the 22nd of December, the PIRB will run on skeleton staff. Our offices will be closed between the 25th of December and the 5th of January 2024. Should urgent assistance be required, there will be staff on standby. We will resume normal operations on the 8th of January 2024. As we draw to a close of 2023, the PRB thanks all PIRB registered plumbers as well as all our partners and associates for working together with us throughout this year. We hope to continue to work together to continue the upliftment of this industry. The PIRB wishes you and your families a wonderful festive season. Enjoy the holidays and have a happy new year.